0: This morning, in the name of the risen Lord, we are pleased to be able to be together with you in this place. I just enjoyed uh, our first family reunion of sorts. Uh, our kids and grandkids from Budapest, Webster, and Fort Worth were all together. We tied down shirts, went biking, didn't hurt anyone. Thankful to the Lord. From yesterday morning as we parted, over us while we're apart. Community, family, friends, precious. That is so good. I hope that you love the folks around you. It is a joy to journey with those whom you care deeply for. In your scriptures turn with me, please, to Acts chapter 20. Acts chapter 20. At the risk of... Signing like a broken, skipping record. I want to talk about our affections one another again this morning. I want to talk about church life, body life, go back to the ancient history book of the early church when the church was bold and vibrant. Not as well, though there have not been other seasons of that. We have appreciated that. But I want to pick it up in Acts chapter 20. I'll give you the details of verses 1 to 6 a little later reads like a travelogue, as Paul makes his way around the ancient empire. We pick it up in verse 6, Acts chapter 20, verse 6. As I'm reading this, think about the ancient believers gathering. Think about the distinction between our gathering this morning here in Westboro, New York, August 4th, 2019. Think about how ancient saints gather. And what they did when they were together, 20 verse 6, but we sailed away from Philippi after the days of unleavened bread, and in five days joined them at Troas, where we stayed seven days. Now on the first day of the week, when the disciples came together to bring bread, Paul, ready to depart the next day, spoke to them, and continued his message until midnight. I know some of you, that makes you really nervous. Verse 8 in the upper room where they were gathered together and in a window sat a certain young man named Eutychus who was seeking in would deep sleep. He was overcome by sleep but as Paul continued speaking he fell down from the third story and was taken up dead. But Paul went down, fell on him and embracing him said do not trouble yourselves for his life is in him. Now when he had come up and bread, and eaten, and talked a long while, even till daybreak. He departed. He brought the young men in alive, and they were not a little comforted. They were not a little comforted. This is God's word, Father. Come now and help us to hear what you want to say to us. What we are not, make us. What we have not, we plead, Lord God, that you would give us. Awaken our hearts and spirits and souls sharpen us and quicken us, Lord. I pray that even if we've rushed in and out of this only one a number of things we're doing today, I pray you'd slow us down, cause us to be still, that is capable of hearing from the living, Lord. And Father, we pray that God the Spirit would tell the church, tell us, your people, what we need to hear today. Father, I'm mindful that we're a part of a larger group that other churches in other places will begin services, are in-services, are healing of Word, the Gospels being proclaimed. Father, we pray that as your Word goes forth in our area, that it would bring forth much fruit. Father, we do pray as a church for the Backyard Bible Clubs that will be happening this next week. We pray for strength, for grace, for good attendance, for clear Gospel teaching, for good weather, and so on. We pray for our ministry team, Lord God. We pray you bring them safely back to us. We pray that the experiences and the way that you use them would bless them and would be a blessing to us. Challenge their hearts, we ask. And Father, we pray this morning for our sister Terry and needs. We pray, Lord God, that you would meet her physically. We pray, Lord God, for our brother George. We pray that you would bless him and cause him to heal well. For all our needs, other physical situations, those that are laboring for those that are, that are not long for this earth, we can pray for a measure of grace and mercy. Father, bind us together now and help us to be able to see our name in the page before us. We ask in Jesus' name, amen. in my experience that whenever an ambulance shows up at church, the worship service is usually over. This has happened about a half dozen times over Almost 30 years of pastoral ministry, a worshiper leaves a queue for a care facility or a hospital. And when this happens, it's usually best for the church to begin corporately praying for our brother or sister in their moment of need. Now, please note that this could happen literally to any one of us at any time. Our time is very much in God's hands. This morning, we come to understand not just the blessings of being together, but the challenges of being together. And what comes through, I think, loud and clear from the ancient history book of the church is that the apostle Paul had great affection for God's people. The gospel was clearly enunciated; uh, it birthed believers, and they saw the necessity of gathering together gathered together to be equipped, they gathered together to strengthen one another, they gathered together to truth, one another in love. But there was something about this corporate gathering that I find so very interesting. I think the best plan for us as we look at Acts 20 is to join ourselves to the group of travelers, to go where they go, to see what they see, and to see it through the lens of Scripture. Just imagine for a few moments this morning with us that, that you are a part of this setting that this setting is spoken about here in Acts chapter 20, that, that he have actually gone to that worship service. Well, what's interesting is the time, and what's interesting is what they do there, and we'll talk about that, of so recording the events of, now he's a part of the group who is traveling together with Paul. And so as Luke joins the group, we have joined the group. After six years as an associate pastor in Halifax, had an old seasoned pastor named Gus, and I was leaving that church to go to a country church, and he came alongside of me, said, and yes, said, brother, let me give you the secret to pastor Lewis, let me give you the secret to shepherding God's people my ears perked up? He said, go among them with the love of Christ burning in your heart, and you'll do okay. I say that because that's what we're seeing the Apostle Paul do. He has a love for God's people. You think any of these folks who are prickly? You see, then, these folks have some bad habits. You think these folks are all awry spiritually. You think they're all super fun and likable and agreeable to be around? I'll read your Bibles. You know that's not the case. And yet, because God gives to us a love for people, even the crinkly folks, Paul was able to accomplish what he accomplished. I mean, pauls us the kind of affection that we should have for one another. Well, that was just direction of setting. Secondly, I want you to notice this and I put this in over verse seven, the gathered church. That was called a traveler. What happens when the saints come together specifically and on the first day of the week? Here's a threefold description of worship. The church worship on Sunday. The believers in Troas are meeting verse 7, informs us that the practice of the early believers was to meet for worship on Sunday, which doesn't seem like a big deal to us. But this has been a tectonic plate shift for those from a Jewish background who would have normally worshipped God on Saturday. Keep in mind here that there was no clearly defined time for the worship service. It was when they agreed to be together. Not only clearly, they were working all day on Sunday. And because they were working It's Sunday They were hungry for more than food. They were hungry for fellowship. They were hungry to get to know their brothers and sisters in the Lord. They were hungry for friendships. They were hungry for community. And that reminds us, does it not, that in, that in our world we are growing increasingly isolated. For many of us, we are struggling because our world is shrinking to a device held in our hands. And so, here is the church laboring to be together. Have you ever stop and think, brothers and sisters, how many brothers and sisters that may be out there that are isolated and lonely and cut off? Have you ever stop and think there may be brothers and sisters that are warming up things in microwaves and would love to be asked someplace, sometime, for fellowship? They don't just need gathering gather together as families, but actually gather together as a family of the Most High God for one another. And I know that I've made a big deal about hospitality in the past, but this is one of the areas that we as a church really need to focus on. We me the idea. To come on over. The housework's not done, but I've got a big bowl of chili, and I would love to have you enjoy it with our family. We're not always good at sitting and listening and asking questions and praying closely and passionately because we don't know our brothers and sisters. We don't really know them. the that we do things like small groups and we want to open our Bibles and our hearts, we want to recognize that in terms of early church ministry it was about people. When, when Paul is saved on Damascus Rome he is directed towards people. He will become a part of community. And then Christians in our day later, are gagging on middle class, northeastern, loaded, private, personal Christianity. It's all about them. Church, the community of believers, it's not about your comfort and it's not about your preferences. It's about blessing and encouraging His people. First, John asked the question how do you know that you love God? Your response is, because you love people, you love God's people. How is it that we will bless the Lord by blessing His people, engaging with His people, loving and caring for His people? Do you, brothers and sisters, feel the good way of fellowship? You feel the oughtness and the rightness and the goodness of that? Do you realize that you're part of community? Some of us really struggle to think beyond the. Yeah. you. Sometimes, brothers and sisters, we fail to recognize as a blood-bought believer and follower of Jesus Christ that he brings us into the group. That our affections that we feel as we worship him and realize that he has delivered me from myself and my sin and through condemnation, I want to direct that someplace. And God's Word tells me to direct that to other people. To love God is to love other people. Thirdly, another tr- tr- truth that comes out of uh, this uh, church gathering here in Troas, the church worships with teaching. Again, back to verse 7, Paul spoke to them and continued his message until midnight. Paul's in town, believers in Troas, the light to come together and to be taught by this veteran missionary ethic. Yes. This is important. The church worships together with teaching, and a great resource for us here. Think about it. If it's possible, it's just in. Of a church is high, the Spirit of God is free to work without being fettered by the bondage of timepieces. I didn't wear my watch today, not because I'm trying to make a point, because both of them are broken. But I stopped and I thought about it, and I thought, you know, too many of us are far too fettered by our timepieces. We are are in bondage to. And sisters living here in the Northeast can I encourage you, culturally speaking, there are other cultures that do so much better with time than we do. We are bombed we are by our watches and our timepieces. And so when you travel, if you have the opportunity to be together with African believers, or South American believers, or Korean believers, or Chinese brothers and sisters, you will discover they are not prisoners of time. I hear stories about an African church sender pastor. Go rest yourself and come back and teach us more, or preach more to us. I think, really, no one's ever said that to me. Go and rest yourself, God. Go and read some more, so you can come and feed us more. There's something about this, early Church brothers and sisters, and we would do well to know. said, so, you know, if you've been, you've been drilling for oil for 20 minutes and haven't struck it, stop boring. All right? I mean, you've kind of, you have this sense, this oughtness, and this likeness to never bore something with the Word of God, the unsearchable riches of Christ. But you also realize that we Orthodox Americans have a certain kickback. And so we have a smaller window that I would love to see expand and expand as we worship together. So here they are three things, meeting on Sunday, first day of the week, for fellowship and teaching. And we lay ourselves a template across that. What are we doing? Well, we're worshiping on Sunday. Hopefully we're fellowshiping together. We're going to be around the table as well. What are we doing? We're trying to understand thus saith the Lord. What is it that God has said to us? Not what has a man said to us, but what has God said to us. So, Paul is a traveler in verses 1 to 6. The church is gathered in verse 7. This brings me, thirdly and finally, to this he amazed the church. He amazed church. The amazed church. I noticed that in verses 8 through to the end of our passage, there were many lambs in the other room where they were gathered together, in the window it sat a certain young man named Eutychus who was sickening with deep sleep. He was overcome by fear. And as Paul continues speaking, it tells us in the text that he falls out of the first-story window and dies. Believe me, Dr. Luke, who is a part of this ministry team, knows when someone is dead or not. So here the sleeper falls in verses 8 and 9 in the Greek, the Olegonese, the uh, Kikanon, and he means many torches. And so, no he doubt, that contributed to the heat. But keep in mind that he's also, probably, been working all day. Verse 9, this man here just sitting in the open window falls asleep and falls to the ground below. I mentioned as we began that when the ambulance shows up at a church service, it's difficult to continue to worship. What's amazing here is that by the grace of God, the worship service is not halted by what happens to Eutychus, but Robert is enhanced by what happens to Eutychus. It's something that you may have missed just in terms of a general notation or general observation. Wouldn't it be troubling if this was the Sunday you chose to just put your feet up and relax because you had a busy week? Or because the kids had called or the creek had risen? It just wasn't going to happen to you this week. I mean, can you imagine if you got back into you know, this gathering of God's people and they were telling you what happened last Sunday? and you thought, oh, that would have made more of an effort to be together with God's people. There's something about the, the rigorous discipline and righteousness of being regularly together so that we do not miss the amazing that might be a part of our gathering. We might be telling from the height of three stories, He's dead. I can imagine the sheets if we're there, if we're sitting with our sandals in that group. I can imagine the tears and the mourning. All must quiet them. unless the must come on the walls. He's amazed that the church rejoices. Then so the sleeper falls, but then the church rejoices. First, he tells that Paul went down, stretched himself upon the body of the young man. This sounds so much like the ancient prophets Elijah and Elijah to us. Paul announces to the people as well that they should not make any more fuss about the matter, since Eutychus was now alive, which is amazing. Out with the power of an apostle, the apostle Paul miraculously restores Eutychus to life. See, exhorting said this about the said Remember, if we're going to go to sleep during the sermon and die, there are no apostles to restore us. End quote. And I need to share that with you because when you're going to the service, there are no apostles to restore you. This is an amazing season in the church's life. In verses 11, they call the church, it tells us that Paul was, uh, returns, and in verse 11, they broke bread, which is probably about a, a, a feast. The they already observed the Lord's table, and here they are, coming together and enjoying fellowship. But here's the point that I you. Do you think that this situation of gathering together and breaking bread and fellowship was enhanced by that scene? And then we read that classic understatement. In verse 12, and they brought the young man in alive and they were not a little comforted. They were a little comforted. They were a lot of comforted. They were frankly amazed at the power that called the dust of God and trusted to him. There was a group of believers sitting and listening, praying and passionate about being together with one another. And it's beautiful to behold. And then, and then, by the grace of God, He gives them the ability to see something really, truly amazing. We read in John chapter 11, and Jesus says, I am the resurrection and the life, and guess what? They got to see that before their own eyes because they were there amongst God's people. They were not a little comforted. They were frankly thrilled. I think their hearts sang. I think they were fascinated by God's power if it's just used to ever wonder why we think scripturally speaking it's a good idea to be together with God's people. What are shadow of this text. First of all, this, Eutychus because made is fortunate. Did nothing deserving of God's help. It was God's power that was capable of restoring him to life. This is a great gospel among for us as the children of God. We did nothing deserving of God's help. It was the grace and mercy of God The that should It is the gift of God. Second, this even as He had fallen, all of us have fallen in Adam. Even as He was there, He is saving us, he's also cleaning us. And one of the ways that he does that is by us fighting for joy. One of the ways that he does that is by us disciplining ourselves. Paul will say elsewhere in scripture, exercise yourselves on godliness. Literally, gymnasticsize yourself on the godliness. He'll say in a lot I eat my body and bring it into subjection. It's not calling the shots. My will is calling the shots. We recognize that even in death, there is truth for us in terms of how we live. Patricio, Daniel says, there's the length right of Paul's preaching may require taught us to sympathize with sleeping and urges. The well-developed synoptic theme of wakefulness puts a different perspective on the matter. Falling asleep is a serious... With potentially grave consequences, of dedicated preaching makes demands on its audience. There must be dedicated listeners who hear and receive God's word. There's an no element of perseverance. I understand that. One of the things that God demands of us is that we're, we're sharp enough, we're understanding enough to know that this is not easy, this is not. Natural. This is super Asleep sleep under a trade. This is the Washington Urban short story. While he slept, great events occurred. The great event that occurred was the Revolutionary War. He awakes and he's immediately disorientated by all of that. Brothers and sisters, we are in constant need of being awakened. We are in constant need of seeing and savoring the goodness of God, being able to count a number of blessings and name them one by one. The Spirit of the Living God and the Spirit of the Living God alone calls us out of this slumber and sleep so that we glorify God in the way that He deserves. Father, thank you for our time together in your word. I thank you for the challenge and the joy of knowing you. We're mindful, Lord God, that the Christian life is not easy, it demands help from you. Right. for those that are here today, weary, not just physically weary, but meeting with us here in Weston. Keep us alert, Lord God. Keep us disciplined, Lord God. Help us to fellowship and enjoy one another. And Father,